0: further in i'm amy and i'm here with michelle hey amy today we have a hot
1: topic and i'm excited about it
0: yes a hot and hard topic (laughs) hot and hard here we go we're going to be talking about offense unforgiveness and bitterness
1: something that every single human being struggles with in some way and it is such a trap of the enemy because it super totally makes sense to us yes it does and why does it make sense to us Because people do stupid stuff, and we're all different, and our expectations are all different, so it's really, really easy for me to misunderstand or even actually understand what someone else intends, and then, whoa, there I am, stuck, justifiably angry at you because you are so whatever.
0: Exactly. And I think before we even go into the offense and unforgiveness, we need to understand a little bit of... Why is it so attractive or why do we have a tendency to kind of fall into that ditch? And I think it really goes back to that we're, we have been adopted. Romans 8 talks about, you know, Romans eight fifteen talks about how we've been adopted into the family of God. Full adoption, full accept, acceptance, you know, not into religious duty in the spirit of not good enough. And yet, if we don't have an encounter with the love of God, and if we are not renewing our mind, we're still living from what we call an orphan spirit, not an actual demonic spirit, but a orphan spirit, a mindset, a bias, a way of looking at ourselves, God and others. We're an orphan. And what does an orphan spirit look like?
1: It just, to me, it looks like I don't know if I'm significant, if I matter, if I'm enough, if I'm good enough. And so we kind of compare ourselves to other people. We try to find our security in relationship to our circumstances and how people behave towards us rather than our knowing that we
0: are really, really loved by God. Mm -hmm. So what are some specific things it could look like when I think about it one of it is that it's there's scarcity there's not enough for everyone so I need to make sure that I get enough fight for myself
1: yeah and I compare myself to other people because if I'm enough awesome enough cool enough and I compare myself to you and I look a little better than you or I can say well at least I'm not like Amy I feel
0: a little more secure in my space and place Mm -hmm. and position in life Yeah, So it can look anxious and jealous, the feeling of powerless. Mm -hmm. And comparing ourselves all the time. Mm -hmm. And so we can really know Jesus and love Jesus, have accepted him, his forgiveness. And yet we can still be living from a place of orphan. And often it's where the orphan spirit, our broken places, get bumped up against each other, that now there's a space for offense.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'm just going to say this as bluntly as I have capacity to say stuff. This is something everybody struggles with. Yes. You may be a Christian for 40 years. You could have degrees out the wazoo. You could have memorized the Bible and still be trapped in bitterness and offense. So we're going after this hard today.
0: Mm-hmm. Because this is a big deal. Because this brings disunity, chaos, division, isolation. That it wrecks havoc within ourselves and with the within the body of believers.
1: Yeah. And do you think Jesus didn't know that his body... This corporate group of people weren't going to be made up of really, really diverse people. And he said the world will know that we're his because we love each other. And sometimes we've gone, okay, we love each other. We'll hang out in the same building, but actually avoid even eye contact or talking to each other. If there's somebody in your life you can't look in the eye or you see them coming and you turn around and go the other way, major red flags. Check for this. So do you want to just unpack a little more what this is, Amy?
0: I think what it comes down to is... Offense is believing when we're acting in offense it's believing that God's goodness could not surpass the loss or the pain of what the person has done to us.
1: So can you give me an example of what that might look like Amy?
0: I think if someone has hurt us, if someone has say said really mean things about us and we're offended and upset and angry there's an aspect of we don't trust that God could create something beautiful out of this. We don't trust that there could be mending of the relationship. We don't trust that God could work with this person and deal with whatever's going on with them. Instead, we want to hang on to the illusion of control and power. That's really what offense is, is the illusion of power. If I stop being offended, I've lost power and I've lost control of this person.
1: One of the other ways that I recognize I've taken offenses when someone doesn't understand me. Mm. How could they? Don't they know that I am? And one of the ways that I catch on to the beginning of offense, because offense is the beginning of a cycle for me, is I recognize I'm having conversations in my head with this person. So it may not even be like a big deal. I think we miss the sneakiness of offense because it seems like a small deal. How could you think that, man? I should tell them. And then if I tell them, then they're going to say this. And before you know it, I'm having this whole conversation in my head. Mm -hmm. Well, something that actually really caught me on that, Amy, is somebody said to me, who do you think you're talking to? I wonder if you're talking to a demonic presence when you do that. And all of a sudden I was like, I do not want to have any more of these conversations in my head. (laughs) So I'm not saying you are having a conversation with the demonic, but who are you having the conversation with? Because not a single one of those conversations have gone down the way I imagined them. So if we stay in offense, what happens?
0: Man, if we stay in offense, it's going to go to unforgiveness, right? And Galatians 4, I love how the Passion Translation talks about it, is Jesus, the Anointed One, has liberated us from the guilt, punishment, and power of sin, ours and others,
1: that, I think we miss that. So many people that I know have walked with God forever are all about receiving forgiveness and the grace of God for what they have done without recognizing that when Jesus died on the cross, he died to pay the price of the
0: sins against me as well. Mm-hmm. And men, I'm, offense goes to unforgiveness and offense and unforgiveness really blinds us to the real person, mm-hmm. right? It produces gross fruit in our lives that harden our hearts and actually brings division and we can't see the real person cuz we see the offense we see what we presume people's motives are and i think that's actually a really important thing that i know a lot of people i've had this conversation with struggle with the concept that often when we're offended we're offended because of the motives we've presumed that they have
1: I think this ties into judgment a little bit, and that's where people get a little confused because we don't know, we no, we're not supposed to judge. So then there's people going around going, nothing, everything's fine. I'll never say anything is bad or right or wrong, which is not what judgment is. When scripture is talking about judgment, it's totally talking about the motives that we attribute to things. So to break that down, I always say, for example, when Amy kicked me this morning, that was a fact. You didn't kick me, but... We always throw each other under the bus in this podcast. Yeah. So, Amy kicked me this morning is a fact. That's not a judgment. Amy kicked me this morning because she's just such a conniving little jerk. There. That's the word we can say on this podcast. (laughs) And so, as soon as we attribute motive, that's actually judgment. So, we're not talking about denying facts or behaviors. Scripture gives us things that we know are wrong. Do not gossip. That is a fact. A judgment is she gossips all the time because. So there's a scripture that I go to that I really love. It's in 1 Corinthians 4. And Paul here is saying he doesn't even judge his own behavior, which is really interesting for me. So this is scripture has two values for me. Don't judge yourself because God is the only one who's going to know at the end of the day, whether you did or didn't do the right thing. And don't judge each other. So there's actually this conflict going on in Corinth about who's the better guy. Uh, Paul or Apollos, and Paul's response is, As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or by any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't prove I'm right. It is the Lord himself who will examine me and decide. So don't make any judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns, for he will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives." And then God will give each one whatever is due.
0: Mm. And I just really like also that actually psychology backs this up, not backs this up, but supports it. And I just love when there's intersections of like the stuff that God has given through the Bible, all of a sudden thousands of years later, secular psychology is like, yes, this actually is true. And we're like, yes, yes, it is. And so something that always, I think, points to that. And also that scripture that it's like, hey, you're worrying about the sliver in someone else's eye. When you have a giant plank in yours, deal with your plank. It's called the fundamental attribution bias. Okay. That sounds so scientific. I Can know, you break right? break that down
1: for our listeners? Yes. It's and it's
0: so simple, really, is when people do things, we attribute it to their internal character. Hmm. When we do something we attribute it to our external situation. Isn't that fascinating? And that's something that is a bias that we, that humans, that we have a tendency to go to. So man, I spoke, you know, Michelle spoke really abruptly to me and kind of walked away mid-sentence because she's annoyed, she's a jerk, she doesn't care about me. I did that because I had a bunch of other things that I needed to get to. And so I needed to be efficient, finish that off and move on to my next things Mm -hmm. where I've made it a character thing with you and made it external with me. That is such a powerful thing. As our listeners are listening today, what's going on in your life
1: where you've got this churning sense of frustration with another human being, and if you broke it down that way, it would just end it already.
0: Yep. And seeing, are we presuming goodwill? And I really like how Jordan Peterson, in his book, The 12 Rules to Live Life By, I think whatever that is, he talks about, man, if okay, we may not be, if you can't quite get yourself to presume goodwill, presume ignorance. Not malevolence.
1: Oh, there you go. Okay. I I love to say presume goodwill.
0: Yeah. And I mean, some people can't quite get there, but man, presume ignorance that they just didn't know. It wasn't intentional. They did not do it out of malevolence to harm you, to be a jerk, to make sure you felt like crap.
1: And I've had people say to me, well, I know they don't have goodwill and they have their list of facts to back it up. And I'm not saying that they don't have their facts and it isn't true. But I just figure if I presume goodwill, whether they have goodwill or not, I'm still winning. Mm -hmm. Because so what? I'm resisting the bait to take offense. Exactly.
0: And I mean, offense can come by someone actually mistreating us Mm -hmm. or we think they've mistreated us. There's places for unforgiveness or both. People genuinely hurt us. People are genuinely mean, hurtful, rude, rejecting. Yeah. And yet, right, as we move into looking at unforgiveness... Jesus still says we need to forgive.
1: Or you will be tormented. That's really clear in Scripture. Yeah,
0: Matthew 18. It talks about that.
1: And so even though you and I are using some sort of trite examples this morning, we're also covering the fact that This also applies to massively traumatic events in our lives. And we still Mm -hmm. need to be free of offense and unforgiveness. And some of those ones that we've lived with for a long time, when unforgiveness sticks around long enough, it becomes a root of bitterness.
0: Yeah. And Hebrews 12, 15 says exactly that. It says, watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelations of God's grace for ourselves and others. I added the for ourselves and others. And make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. And And that is when we've lived with offense and unforgiveness, it becomes, it turns into bitterness, which is a root where fruit is going to come out.
1: Yeah. And when you think that scripture says that it will uh, poison the lives of many, it's so far beyond just hurting you at this point. And when I think about my life and how the stuff that I've had to deal with and get that root out when it was there, it was affecting my marriage. It was affecting my children. It was affecting my relationship with everybody I knew. I would approach each person with this root there of expectation that they were going to yada, yada, yada. It becomes a powerful and incredibly toxic thing.
0: Mm -hmm. We recognize extending forgiveness and choosing because... To be offended is a choice. It totally Choosing is. Choosing not to be offended, it is hard. Yeah. Forgiveness and being not being offended, it is really really hard, and yet it is a choice. And when we're walking in unforgiveness, I know this is blunt, but it actually needs to be said, when we are walking in unforgiveness, we are walking in sin. It's really true. It starts with a feeling, it starts with some legitimate event, but
1: from that point, that space, we get to choose what we do with that feeling, that legitimate feeling we choose. Mm -hmm. What do I do with it? And again, just ignoring it isn't going to be helpful. We have a whole podcast on what forgiveness looks like. It's not just denial, but just, Jesus, I give you this, and I ask you to help me, and I bless and release that other person of obligation to have done anything different with me. Mm -hmm. And then it comes to releasing of judgments. That's really important. We just talked about how we make a judgment. Amy is such a, she always, she never. Those are judgment words. And if we continue to live in that
0: judgment, we're still not free offense when we stop and we start getting curious about our reactions Mm -hmm. we see that there is a lot of other things tied up in our our offense it's not just this person was mean right like for me myself I notice when there is I mean I say offense at my kids but annoyance being at my kids which really is offended by my kids behavior often when I stop and take a look at that I've recognized that there's also control in there That I had unrealized expectations of them, that they needed to show up in this way, and they didn't, and now I'm offended. And I think that's something that, as I was preparing for this, that that just hit me. If control is a place that your soul goes to, you're probably going to experience a lot of offense. Because you have unrealized expectations, people have not done what you wanted them to do, you cannot control them, so you're offended.
1: Wow, Amy, way to break it down and make it something that we actually have to deal with in our own lives, not I know, just everybody right? else.
0: In my head, it's the like, be fierce about this, Amy, but be kind. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing my best. So we just want to say right now mm-hmm. that there's no condemnation or shame that we, like you said at the beginning, that man, we have all experienced being offended and unforgiveness. And this is uh, a call to man there is freedom we don't have to live tied down with offense and unforgiveness that we can be free and as we experience the freedom of Jesus we can extend it to others that's the only way we can yeah but this is a come on come come further up and further in not uh you suck because you can't get over this
1: Exactly. And I love your fierceness in this, Amy. We need to be fierce because freedom is worth it. Mm -hmm. And our freedom is all tied up in releasing other people of what they owe us. And it's also tied up in dealing with our own crap. That thing you were just talking about, judgment and control, man, those are internal. Those are mine to deal with. And as I break agreement with those things and let them go, I'm going to be free. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to show up more and more unoffendable, to me, the the buffer, the insurance against offense is knowing how loved I am by God and how much grace he's given me, Amy. As I look back on my story in humility and honesty, I recognize where I've hurt other people. And God has forgiven me. It may not look as big or as bad as what I feel has been done against me, but I know that love. And as I'm full of that love, I have a bit more resilience so that when you show up like a bit of a turkey today, not that you're going to, but I'm like, okay. I can extend not just presuming goodwill, but like, yeah, Jesus, bless her and whatever she's going through today. And it's not weird. It's solid and real. I want to come back to one more thing about bitterness. Sometimes it's hard to recognize. How do I know I have bitterness in my life?
0: Hmm, yes.
1: And I was talking to a person who has a legitimate, significant, crappy situation in their family story. And he said, I've forgiven this guy over and over and over again. And I still don't, I'm still not experiencing freedom there. And I don't know why Holy Spirit is smart. That's why Um, I just said, so when you get to the part of releasing this person from judgments and you just ask Jesus what he has for you in the place of the pain, what happens? And he said, oh, I have a picture of hanging out and having a barbecue with him, Mm. but I don't want to do it. Oh, I know. Right. Yeah, and so he's like, I've gone, I've forgiven him over and over and over again, and only Holy Spirit would know this part of the story because I didn't know. I know he's forgiven him over and over again. He said, I just have this picture of having a barbecue with him, and I don't want to do that. And I was like, Wow! So you check the boxes of letting go of offense, of forgiveness, but you don't want to step into the connection that God has for you with Him. And it was just like this incredible light bulb moment of that's actually bitterness. I'm going to check the boxes of forgiveness, but I'm not going to engage in moving forward in this relationship in any way. So after our conversation, he went and texted the guy and set up a barbecue and I'm excited. I think this is going to open up new spaces of freedom and healing that touch all areas of his life. And that really is the end goal. Yeah.
0: Is areas of freedom for ourselves and others.
1: And as we go further up and further in, we get to experience more and more of this and to live unfettered and free. So we bless all our listeners right now to hear from Jesus where these things have a root in their life and bless them with wisdom and strategies. Listen to other podcasts, go back and listen to forgiveness and breaking agreements. And we just bless each one who listens to truly experience freedom and go further up and further in.